The Money Show. Ad feature with Andy Rice. So, Andy Rice, Sir Tom Moore has died. Uh, it was announced on his official Twitter page. He was admitted to hospital in the last couple of days uh, with COVID symptoms. Um, and he has passed away. But what an extraordinary example of just how social media has changed the world and how one individual doing something on a tiny scale can capture vast public imagination and go from obscurity to stardom and knighthood in the space of a couple of months. It's extraordinary what he achieved, um, not only to do 100 laps of his house when aged 100, not just a physical exertion of, of, of what he achieved, but the the way it rolled through society and the way that the money collected just left any expectation in the dust and, and he raised massive amounts. I think it was in the end, it was if it wasn't the high tens of millions, it was the low hundreds of millions. But anyway, it was just a colossal amount for one person. But I think there's a lesson in there to, to be learned, not just in, in fundraising um, directly like that, but in how the right message gets people involved and draws them in. And it, this brings me straight back to my hobby horse about um, the South African brand communications industry really not doing its best to start this kind of ball rolling and to uh, and to give us messaging that makes us think rather than just washes over us. And now that we have the vaccination issue, I think it's a chance for the industry to say, okay, we did very little in the way of helping with social distancing and other related uh, behavioral issues, but maybe we can do something for the um, uh, awareness of and the support for and the medical and scientific support for vaccination through a campaign that repositions the vaccine as something extremely positive and to be sorted, supported. That's what I would like to see. My, my observation of the track record of the brand communications industry thus far doesn't leave me that hopeful. But it's, it is possible to do stuff very effectively and very inexpensively. I, I tagged you on a tweet this evening of a campaign. I'm guessing it's in the United Kingdom. It looks like benches look like the United Kingdom. The rough brick walls and the and tarmac look like the United Kingdom and the tone of it looks like it's the UK. Um, and it's a poster that's lying um, carefully placed on the ground next to a bench. And it simply reads, if this poster were a homeless person, then most people wouldn't even look down. Uh, and then there's another one, uh, a poster lying on the ground, a bad place for a poster or an even worse place for a bed see things differently and it's about it's from the city of york in the united kingdom in the north of england um and it's about the invisibility of the homeless and just drawing attention to it and it's just a really genius very simple but genius campaign andy yeah i'm afraid i haven't seen it Bruce. i'm i'm going on the basis of your eloquent description but um it must be quite difficult to be working in the ngo space um, at the moment in any country because of the absolute dominance, and quite rightly so, of the whole um, COVID-19 crisis, uh, sucking up the media space and the energies of people who want to um, support uh, charitable institutions. So when you have an organization that's been around for a long time and a problem that's been around for a long time, like the homelessness sleeping out in the cold, then 
uh, when something comes along that takes away all of the public interest on such a scale, you need this kind of creativity to break through because, frankly, there's a certain amount of fatigue that's undermining these NGOs and civil society organizations, not just in, in York, which you can tell by the tarmac, but anywhere around the world. Yeah, and it's just, it, it, but it, it also illustrates just how with very little budget you can, with clever copy and clever utilization of the medium, make people think twice. And that, I think, is your appeal to the South African advertising industry is to use its means, its mechanisms, its minds and its reach to make us think differently about vaccines or those who feel negatively toward vaccines. Now, listen, there are lots of other things going on. Um, the Lots of advertisers and sponsors thinking about the Tokyo Olympics, which are going to are scheduled to happen this year. I wonder if they will. There'll still be the Tokyo Olympics 2020, the retro version. But there are lots of advertisers and sponsors rethinking whether or not they should even be involved. That's right, Bruce. And it's really a follow-on for the, from the discussion we had last week about the Super Bowl and the decision by Budweiser to redirect their normal investment in, in the Budweiser brand during the Super Bowl broadcast. And it's happening not just uh, in the States for events like the Super Bowl, but for an even bigger event, the Tokyo Olympics. The Olympics coming up only every four years, unlike the annual appearance of the Super Bowl. And um, here we are in uh, February now, and at the end of March, the great torch relay starts. We're that close to the beginning of the of the of the fanfare and the and uh, um, uh, the celebrations of the Olympics when when the torch is carried around, presumably around Japan, um, uh, and. Um, Brands that have been planning to get involved with either formally or informally with the Olympics are now saying to themselves, um, is it going to happen? If it's not going to happen, are we completely uh, at risk for everything that we're putting up? Should we not have, have actually completed our planning some months ago, some years ago, perhaps? And all of these doubts are starting to creep into the marketing community and people are saying, yeah, I wonder if I shouldn't follow the Budweiser example and find a, an alternative uh, venue, outlet for, for my investments. And that's a, it's very worrying if you're the, if you're the Tokyo uh, Olympics organizers. And it's very worrying if you're either Canon or Japan Airlines, which are two of the biggest sponsors. Are they going to end up with some egg on their face? Well, one hopes not. Yeah, it's so interesting, isn't it? I mean, with the, the, there's huge global uncertainty and that global uncertainty plays out in every aspect of business. This idea of offence in advertising, we chatted about it last week, um, all about Vintook and, you know, whether or not telling people not to drink pink drinks is offensive or is it just clever advertising. Um, this idea of offence as being, you know, we dare not offend and therefore we, we just produce vanilla, bland, dull, awful advertising. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a real risk and, and marketers have to be brave. And I think I said last week that all advertising, particularly all good advertising, funnily enough, offends someone along the way because not everybody is the target market, even though rather generalistic briefs from uh, from clients say somewhere along the line, target market, everyone, you know, and that, that kind of it destroys all likelihood of being uh, innovative and creative in the final work. But um, taking on from the discussion we had about Vintuk Lager, uh, there's a, a guy called, um, who calls himself the marketoonist 
I think I have mentioned him before. His name is Tom Fishburne. He's a Canadian. And he releases every week or so a, a, a little elegant cartoon um, commenting on some aspect of the marketing and communications industry. And perhaps prompted by the debate around Vintage Lager or similar brands, uh, his latest uh, cartoon concerns this question of, of being offensive in advertising. And it simply pictures uh, two people who are presumably the clients and a third standing outside on the pavement and pointing to the billboard that they have created. Uh, and it says, we took out anything that anyone could potentially find offensive. And yes, therefore, the billboard is completely blank. <laughs> and uh, it's, that, it's that kind of taking things to extremes, which unfortunately crops up all too often. And if you're not prepared to take the risk of offending some people, then you're not going to motivate anyone else. Well, Tom Fishburne's offended me because I find the, you know, the, the, the cowardly blank slate offensive. So everyone's going to find something offensive, Andy. Um, what about your hero this week? Well, um, I was going to give the hero to um, Wheelie, the, um, the car selling platform, uh, because for, I thought with their new campaign running on 702 at the moment, they were bringing a touch of, of uh, somewhat creative differentiation to the category. And it, mainly because it was an interesting example of how the evolution of business context occurs. So when someone pioneers a new category like We Buy Cars did initially, then if it works, people follow. And they tend to follow and copy intrinsically what the what the leader has done. And at some point, the process has to evolve from category growth as more people come into the category into brand differentiation as those already in the category say, hang on, we're being we're being outshouted. We need to have a different message, not just the same message. And that's what's happened here, I think. That's what you see happening in all sorts of places. If you take the vehicle insurance market, everybody is now on some kind of message about the less you use your car, the less mm. uh, premium you have to pay. And everyone's doing it. And sooner or later, one or two will bubble to the surface, and probably because they have a creative uh, idea to, to add to their functional promise. And, uh, and, and really, yeah, I mean, uh, that, that thinking that seems to be at work, and I like that strategic thought. I just wasn't that impressed with the, with the actual radio spots themselves. I'm not sure if we have... Uh, we, we most certainly do, Andy. I, I quite liked it. Um, let's have a listen. Is it really, really good or not really good at all? Instead of wheeling your car and getting a great price, you sold it to your girlfriend on the cheap who's now your ex-girlfriend, and she's keeping the dog. Face it, selling your car sucks. Rather wheelie it. Simply load your car onto wheelie.co.za and let thousands of dealers fight for it because your car is worth more, and so is your love life. That's wheelie.co.za. It's simple, fast, and safe. Don't just sell your car, wheelie it. And, I mean, that's not good enough for a hero, Andy. Well, that's, as I say, strategically, I think it is um, copy and execution-wise almost um, because it, against all these other competitors, sellyourcarquick.coza, getworth.coza, and, of course, webycars.coza, it does have a, a certain ability to stand out. And now it was until uh, a couple of uh, days ago, it was definitely up there contending to be the hero until I saw another insurance commercial, oh, not in the same Um for um, first for women insurance, it's called Fearless, um, and it's a it's a very powerful 
um, beautiful piece of production. I think the director was Cindy Lee and the agency is Fox B2. And they've done a great job in demonstrating this sort of sinister yet uplifting side of, of life um, as a woman and being uh, and, the, and the fact that First for Women as an as a insurance brand clearly understands the pressures and the, the um, outcomes that are triggered if one is fearless. They claim to be a fearless brand and they claim that women who are fearless themselves will be attracted to the brand. And it's interesting in, in contrast with an outsurance ad that's on at the moment, um, directly competitive, I suppose, outsurance versus um, first for women. But the outsurance one talks about maybe you can afford it. Two, two clearly wealthy young women looking in a, in a boutique window and there's another commercial with a, at a nail bar and, they, and the one says, you would look wonderful in that dress. And the, and the one she's talking to says, sorry, um, you know, I just can't afford it. And in comes the, the voice, the deus ex machina that says, hey, maybe you can if you get an, out, uh, an outsurance quote. And we know the whole message of the functionality of that. But what, um, what worries me slightly is that in these difficult times, I think it's a rather irresponsible message to say, go out and blow uh, your money on a nail bar uh, a treatment or on a, on a clothing boutique. Um, uh, because I just think that that uh, and even it even actually has a, a, a message which could be slightly tastelessly interpreted, um, um, which is uh, life's too short uh, not to do this kind of thing. And I think in a current climate of, of, of difficulty to have extravagance and a message about life's too short, do it now. I find that quite offensive. And I think that the, the 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 first for women with this dramatic soundtrack, which we may have, I'm not sure, Bruce. Oh no, um, and sadly not. No, we didn't. We failed. It's a, it's a great piece of single-minded advertising. It's not saying we're for everyone. It's saying, firstly, in the brand name, we're for women. And secondly, it's saying we're for fearless women. If you're feeling fearless, come and join us because look at all these instances in your life where fearlessness carries you through. Very nice soundtrack to it. Very nice commercial. I, I would recommend anybody to try and track it down on Google or YouTube. Thank you, Andy Rice, our branding and advertising expert. Andy Rice. Andy giving the hero this evening uh, to First for Women. It was going to go to Wheelie, but then they were overtaken <laughs> by First for uh, Women. And then Outsurance get a zero, I'm afraid, for just being a little bit crass and off uh, off point at the moment. I'm sure he's given them hero status before, but this campaign, Andy doesn't like.